Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham, welcoming John Bishop to the show. John is the executive director of the Oregon State Sheriff's Association. Hey there, John. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, Gary. We're uh, happy to be with you. So let's talk about the Oregon State Sheriff's Association. What, what is that? Well, the, the um, Oregon State Sheriff's Association uh, was actually started uh, in the late 1800s uh, when some sheriffs wanted to get together to talk about some common problems and how to solve those. And uh, actually, the first meeting was uh, on July 21st in 1890, and it was up in Portland. And it was an informal meeting. And they met off and on again until about 1916. And in 1916, they had a three-day meeting where bylaws and everything else was uh, was put in. And uh, they came up with the Oregon State Sheriff's Association. And so in 2016, we turned 100 years old. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, it's been a... It's it's been interesting, I'm sure. I've only been part of it for a few years, but uh, it's been inter- interesting. How many sheriffs are there in the state of Oregon? There are 36 uh, sheriffs, uh, one for each county. All 36 sheriffs are elected, uh, and it is a constitutional office uh, for the state of Oregon. And when you have a meeting, does everybody come to the same place, or do you have a lot of conference calls, or how do you do that? Well, uh, it's, it's actually a little bit of everything. Uh, our annual meeting... Uh, we, which is held in December. That's our awards banquet, but that's also a full day of training and then our business meetings that we have. We usually average about 34 to 36. There's always either something's happened in one county or something where the sheriff has to stay, um, you know, vacations or whatever it is, but we get about 34. Now, during the year, we have an executive council that meets every month. Uh, and that's, um, that's anywhere from 12 to 16 sheriffs that meet, and then the rest of them can call in. So we usually have 20 to 25 sheriffs participate every month. Most of our meetings are held in Salem at our office, uh, but we do travel around the state as well to, uh, to accommodate some of the eastern side sheriffs uh, as we can. Tell me about some of your background. You're a former sheriff, is that right? That's correct. I was the Curry County Sheriff. Um, I spent pretty much my whole career down there. I was a, uh, out of college, I became an executive for a, a Japanese rubber manufacturer and decided I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> somehow got into law enforcement. I still, to this day, don't know exactly yeah, how that that's happened. <laughs> quite a difference there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was able to use a lot of my business and marketing and uh, just came up through the ranks. I started as a deputy I uh, spent numerous years as a homicide detective, uh, major crimes detective, and then, uh, as they say, went over to the dark side and uh, got into management and ended up, uh, I was asked to be sheriff. I turned it down actually a couple times, and then uh, the citizens actually convinced me. So 
So in 2008, I was uh, uh, brought in as sheriff for Curry County and then was there until um, the end of 2014. And when I, and that gave me 29 years, so I retired and then I was asked by the sheriffs of Oregon to come and be the executive director for OSSA. And what does that job entail as executive director? Well, the biggest thing it did is it uh, had us move. So uh, my wife and I uh, had to pick up and, and move to Salem from uh, beautiful Brookings. And uh, so now what I do um, is basically help all 36 sheriffs in a multitude of areas. And we have um, you know several councils, you know, search and rescue, which we'll talk about probably a little bit later. But uh, legislative-wise... Uh, at the Capitol, uh, busy there with legislative uh, issues, and then uh, just basically helping the sheriffs where we can in all the divisions that they run. We're talking today with John Bishop, Executive Director of the Oregon State Sheriff's Association. John, tell me about the Office of the Sheriff. How does it differ from other law enforcement entities? Well, it's interesting. We have a long history. Um, So the Office of Sheriff and our historical roots Uh, go back, clear back to about the year 700. And some even argue that it goes back to the Roman occupation of Europe. Uh, You know, when we we talk about sheriff, there's several things that that people think about. Um, You know, Mayberry, you know, Sheriff of Nottingham, (laughs) you know, and stuff like that. But the sheriffs actually were very, very important um, through the years. And, of course, the, the, the name sheriff you know, came from two words, which was Shire, which stands basically for county, and Areve, which was the protector of the county, of the Shire. And so they, you know, over the years put Shire, Reeve together, and then it, as the language changed, it ended up becoming sheriff. That's interesting. Um, wow. Yeah, so our historical, uh, we could talk two hours just on historical, but as we came through, uh, sheriffs were very prominent in the document called the Magna Carta, and a lot of the things that the sheriffs did back then are, are very similar to the things that we do today. And, of course, then you had the Old West as the United States um, became a country. Uh, an interesting tidbit is the first person to read the Declaration of Independence publicly was Sheriff John Nixon oh. uh, in Philadelphia. And uh, he was the first person. Uh, the first county office that was uh, developed in the new United States was also the office of sheriff because they wanted to have somebody that would be the, in, in what we're called even today as a conservator of the peace uh, to keep uh, people safe and, and to keep peace. That is really interesting that I had no idea about that history of the sheriff. A lot of, where the name a came lot from. Citizens, yeah. A lot of citizens, uh, you know, once they find that out are, are pretty interested, are pretty interested in, in some of the things we we do. Uh, we are the only elected law enforcement official uh, in the country. Um, in 35 of the 50 states, we are, uh, it's a constitutional office. And uh, basically, the other issue, or what's nice about being the sheriff, is that you are directly responsible to the citizens. We answer to the citizens. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to answer to any politician. Now, while we want to keep our relationships good and, and do work with them, uh, we really only answer to the citizens of our counties. How long is the office of sheriff held? Is it like a four-year position? 
It's a four-year position. Uh, some counties do have uh, term limits. I think Multnomah County is one. Um, I think uh, Yamhill may be another one. There's a couple of them that have term limits of two. Um, but it is every four years. And so most of our sheriffs are, uh, you know, eight to 12 years. Uh, in Eastern Oregon, some smaller counties, uh, you'll have sheriffs that will run longer than that. But a 12, you know, probably a 12-year sheriff is a pretty good run. Yeah. Probably after that, you, you want to be done with being sheriff. It's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> There's a, a lot grind. of responsibility there. Yeah, it's a grind. It's, uh, it wears on you um, because, you're, you know, you work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, when you go into the grocery store, you know, in your bigger communities, it may not be so much, but in your smaller counties, which, you know, most of Oregon is, yeah. uh, everybody knows you, yep. everybody's got an issue, they want to talk to you, uh, you go to church, they want to talk to you about an issue, you go to the grocery store, they want to talk to you about an issue, you're at a restaurant, they want to talk to you about an issue. And for <laughs> the most part, that's, that's okay. I mean, that's what we do, right. but uh, it, it is a grind sometimes. Talk about some of the roles and responsibilities that county sheriffs do that maybe the public is unfamiliar with. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's a great question. It, uh, a lot of times when we ask people, you know, what does your sheriff do, they automatically go right to the patrol function, um, which is the visible part of what a sheriff's office is. But what a lot of people don't realize is that that's just a little part of what a sheriff does. Um, the sheriff, while he does have patrol, is also over the jail is also over civil, can be over uh, parole and probation, uh, dispatch, animal control. Uh, several of our sheriffs are emergency uh, managers for the county. Uh, we have Marine Patrol, we have Forest Patrol, and we have Search and Rescue. Uh, constitutional mandate of the sheriff are three, jail, civil, and Search and Rescue. Uh, so it's interesting that we do not even have a mandate for patrol but I don't know how you would be conservators of the peace without patrol. Yeah. Um, and so those are several of the things that we do uh, that are different than anybody else. We have all of those. You know, your police chiefs could have patrol. They may have dispatch and some special units. But for the most part, the sheriff has all of these. Yeah, I had no idea that, that, that you were responsible for so many things like that. Yeah, it, uh, it makes it interesting. Um, you know, for an example, when I was sheriff, we had the, the earthquake in Japan, which had a small tsunami that came over through Oregon. And unfortunately, in my county, uh, we took the brunt of it in the state of Oregon. You know, even though it was about a nine-foot wave, it still was about $50 million worth of damage. And so that's where our emergency management division then kicks in for FEMA dollars and, and helping the ports get back up on their feet and stuff like that. So, yeah, it may not think that it has anything to do with the sheriff's office, but a lot of sheriffs are emergency managers. Yeah, and, and talk about, we've had so many wildfires this summer, too, that uh, and the sheriff's office was definitely involved in all of that. Yeah, most of the time, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is when we have these wildland fires, it's our search and rescue crews that are out there doing all the evacuations. And so, or manning the roads. Uh, we'll have reserves and our deputies manning roads uh, for road closures and trying to protect the homes um, that, uh, you know, that we don't have anybody else to, uh, the National Guard hasn't got there yet or they haven't been called up yet. And so if you have a thousand people evacuated, you know, you have numerous homes that still need to be protected from people trying to break in. And talk about some of the uh, ways the sheriffs are, are trying to improve uh, school safety too. 
Well, it's, uh, this is somewhat, it's, while I say it's new, it's not real new, but we belong to Safe Oregon. Uh, we work with several other agencies, the state police being one of them. Uh, we set on a, uh, a task force that are trying to come up with ways. We just recently, uh, a couple months ago, ended a program where we had uh, students do uh, some videos on what they thought were for school safety. And uh, OSSA issued a $1,000 reward to the school in first place and a $500 reward for the school in second place. And uh, Beaverton uh, took first place, and then Lost River High School down in Klamath County took uh, second place. And so we work with kids. We also work with the tip line, uh, the uh, Lines for Life, and uh, we're just trying to um, come up with different programs. We give scholarships out for kids going to college, uh, second-year students into criminal justice, and uh, we're just trying to work with them. And what can we do and how can we help keep our school safe and, and what, um, you know, what are the students thinking are, are the, the issues? Because it's, it's interesting that adults think that it's the active shooter at the school. Yeah. But when you talk to students, it's more of the suicide rate. Really? And so we want to make sure that we can get a text line. Um, Sheriff Roberts in Clackamas County has done an outstanding job in working in, with this. And this text and tip line has, has saved lives almost immediately from when it was started and has done a great job and getting our students some help that they need, uh, either in mental health um, or, or other issues, uh, sexual abuse, domestic violence abuse, etc. That's really interesting that the, that's, uh, the students think differently than the adults do. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, it was sort of interesting to us. I, you know, active shooter obviously is on their mind. Right. But if you look at it from a percentage or statistical you know, we have way more suicides in our schools across the nation um, that never make the media. Um, you know, obviously the active shooters always do, and those are terrible events. But uh, the suicides are just just as tragic. How are some of the what are some of the ways that the sheriffs uh, have a leading role in addressing some mental health issues in our state? What are you guys doing? Well, we're trying to we're trying to come up with programs because, unfortunately for us, when we you know we run the jails, and and right now the mental health system is broken. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. No. And uh, when officers or people in the communities, when they run across somebody who is in a crisis, uh, they end up they have nowhere to go and they end up coming to jail. And so we end up having a lot of mental health uh, crisis individuals in our jails that shouldn't be in our jails. Um, but, you know, they'll have local charges of discon or, you know, whatever, whatever the charges are. And so because of this, at some points, we run into 40% of our population could be some type of mental health crisis, whether it's drug-induced, whether it's, you know, uh, pres- you know prescribed, the doc- they were born with this disease or or whatever. So we're trying to, to link up some programs and keep people out of our jails that are in a mental health crisis and getting them hooked up with professionals that can help them, who can medicate, who can uh, do, other, do other things that are needed, maybe put them in a halfway house or transitional house. Um, our mental health hospitals are few and far between, uh, which hurts, and so we're trying to find some other alternatives. 
Uh, we even have sheriff's offices now that have mental health professionals actually ride with a deputy. And when a mental health call comes in, they'll go out with the deputy and we'll try to handle the issue right then and there uh, before they even get to the jail, uh, which saves you know the county money uh, for, for jail space, uh, keeps the jail beds for the people who need to be in jail, and then gets, you know, the most important part is getting the mental health person uh, into treatment. Well, the sheriff's office is really kind of on the front line of just about everything going on. Well, we like to think of ourselves as problem solvers. Uh, we try. Uh, we don't always succeed right away, but we do keep trying. Um, you know, we're sort of the microcosm of our own community. You'll hear me say a lot, uh, and a lot of times, especially in, in some tougher in, uh, interviews that we do with very emotional topics, is OSSA does not take a stand per se because all politics are local. And so your local sheriff, let's say in Baker County, could be dealing with totally different issues on a different side of a spectrum than, let's say, our sheriff in Multnomah County. Right. Um, and so they each one represent their constituents. And so each one has a unique perspective and how to handle each problem. So when we talk about mental health, uh, the way they do it in Baker County could be totally different than Multnomah or Washington County. Right. Yeah, and our state is so um, tourism and recreationally involved, and the sheriff's office is even involved in all of that, too. Tell me about that. Well, why we all love that, and a lot of us do a lot of the uh, recreation and and tourist parts, the issue that the sheriffs have is that search and rescue. And uh, we run search and rescue. We don't get funding for search and rescue. And so sometimes it can tax us. especially because Oregon is becoming more and more and more of a tourism uh, and destination state for people to come. And we can just talk about the Columbia Gorge. Um, You know, if you go to any trailhead on a weekend, you you know it's packed. We have lots Mm -hmm. of people there. Uh, Hood River has a lot of windsurfers. Well, when people get hurt or they get lost uh, or need to be rescued, it's the sheriff's office that is the one that's called. And... uh, the issue that we're starting to have is because of funding and because of manpower, it's starting to tax us. Uh, if you have, you know, 100,000 windsurfers out there, you're going to have a rescue. And so our sheriff has to have, you know, Marine Patrol out there or search and rescue on standby to rescue anybody. You know, Mount Hood, we hear about all of those. Um, and so we're starting to ask the governor and we're starting to ask the Forest Service and some of these areas that have a lot of these big uh, tourist attractions that, uh, hey, you're gonna, we got to come up with a funding source for the sheriffs to still do search and rescue. Uh, it's one of our mandates. Most all of our search and rescue teams are volunteers. They may be overseen by a sergeant or a deputy in the agency, but they're volunteers. Um, but the equipment, the training, and the time spent uh, is all born from the sheriff's budget. And, of course, we all know that those aren't getting any bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and a lot of it has to do with the ONC counties as well, uh, where, you know, the SRS payments and the PILT payments and, and Title Three monies went to help do that on federal land. Those are no longer uh, available or at a very, very, very reduced rate. And we now have more people than ever on Forest Service land. And... Uh, you know, we don't get payment for that. 
And so about 95%, believe it or not, of our search and rescues in our county are for individuals who do not live in that county. Wow. So it's not the locals that are getting lost and hurt out there. It's, it's people visiting our counties. And obviously, we do not want to discourage people from coming out, but it has to, you know, there's going to have to be a happy medium there at some point. Now you say there's 36 uh, sheriffs across the state of Oregon, right? Correct. How many other people are involved in the sheriff's department throughout the entire state? It's got to be a huge amount of people. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have some sheriff's offices that are as low as maybe 25, 30 individuals that's counting jail staff and civil staff, maybe some, you know, an admin staff. Uh, to, you know, the size of Multnomah County, it could be five to 800 people uh, in Washington County. So um, it, there are a lot of people. Uh, I believe, you know, if we want to, and this is a loose number, I'll put it out, about, I would say it could be close to 4,800 wow. individuals uh, that are involved directly with sheriff's offices. That's a lot of people. That's great. Yeah, and that's not counting volunteers. That's this counting... Uh, just your deputies and, and support staff. You talked about some of the funding challenges, but what are some of the other challenges that are being faced by Oregon sheriffs, and how are you addressing those? Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of it is uh, the ever-changing landscape, uh, political, social. Uh, you know, we have issues that we're dealing with every day. You know, immigration is a huge issue. And... Uh, you know, a lot of people forget, you know, there's three branches of government. You know, we have judicial, we have legislative, and we have executive. And we are part of the executive branch, which means that uh, we have, you know, we follow the law. Um, and so what our legislative people have made into law and what our judicial branch has said is constitutional, then that's what we follow. Um, we may have different ways that we try to get to it, but uh, we do, you know, we do our best to, to do it that way. Uh, not everybody's going to agree with us. Um, some people think that we have a lot more power than we really have, and then some people think that you know we should have a lot less power. So uh, that's that's an issue. Uh, you know, we have other issues of you know uh, funding again, uh, our jail, trying to get people you know acclimated back um, from prison to uh, to get them back into society. Uh, a lot of different laws. Um, as you know, when legislators meet, they come up with a lot of laws that may not have the exact uh, tendencies where they have. Uh, racial profiling has been a big issue that we're very concerned about as well. Um, and so we've joined several task force. Uh, we're also, uh, you know, in training. Uh, we want to, we're very involved with DPSST, which is the state training board, have a great partnership with them to make sure that our new recruits that are coming in are getting the proper and best training as possible. Uh, we feel that we're one of the best in the nation uh, in training our new officers, but there's always times that you know, we, we can always do better. And then the other big one is, is, is trying to get people hired. Most all of our agencies have vacancies, uh, and to get people who are qualified, hired, and trained has become a real challenge. Well, if somebody wants to get involved with the sheriff's departments throughout the state of Oregon, how do they get more information, and where's where's a good place to get the information? Well, uh, DPSST has a web page, and it's it's attached to theirs. That um, uh, it's I think it's it's jobs dot com or policejobs dot com, something like that. But if they get on the DPSST website, uh, they can uh, find out which agencies are hiring, 
and uh, they can or contact those agencies and start the process there. And what are ways our listeners can help support the Oregon State Sheriff's Association? Well, what we'd like is uh, to be a member of OSSA. We have different uh, memberships that, uh, that we have. Uh, we have family memberships, individual memberships, and, and it's, you know, an individual membership, I think, is $30 a year. Family is $45 a year. Uh, we'll send you a couple items out that you can have. We have a magazine that we publish quarterly um, that keeps everybody informed of what the current issues are and what the sheriffs are doing along with some historical stuff and then news around, around the state uh, from each sheriff and, uh, and just become involved. Um, not only be a member of OSSA, which helps us do everything we talked about this morning, uh, but it also get involved with your sheriff. They all always can use volunteers. They all have citizens academies that you can join and learn more, um, search and rescue, uh, reserves, and we have a lot of outstanding people, uh, posse, and the mounted posse, a lot of our sheriffs have, and uh, become involved that way. Great. Well, this, you've given us so much great information today, John. Thank you. Well, it's always, uh, it's always busy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep it up. Well, thank you. We've been talking today with John Bishop, Executive Director of the Oregon State Sheriff's Association. Thanks again. Thank you, Gary. It's been great to talk to you. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.